Well, if you have your Bibles and want to follow along, we are starting a new book this week. New Testament Galatians. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, boy, we've, we just finished Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, and it's so good for me. But it's good for me in a, in a sort of frustrating way a lot of times. I don't know if you walk through our journey through Ecclesiastes. It's humbling to see the wisest man looking out at the world and, and trying to understand and coming to the conclusion that he can't figure it out. Now, there's a God out there who knows, so basically he can't figure God out. Lack of ability in this vast and sovereign God who acts way beyond us, and the best you can do with wisdom and insight is to fear and obey him because he's sovereign. It's almost like, you know, God's a little bit like an iceberg. You get to see the top 10% of the iceberg, but 90% of it is hidden underneath, and you have no idea. That's, that's it, and it gets me really excited for what we get to do now. Because that word isn't God's final word. The word of God expressed in Jesus Christ is his word, right? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so we come here. The wonder of wonders that God, he revealed himself way beyond what Solomon could imagine. To dive into that, we're looking at this letter, Galatians, a letter from Paul to the churches of Galatia shouldn't just say a letter of Paul. What we're going to consider is sort of ground zero of God's revelation to the church, to you and me. I couldn't be more excited to go through this. In fact, if I, if I dance a little bit, it's because I get excited. It's not just that every book of the Bible that we preach is my favorite book. No, this is, this is so critical. You know, often people like Romans for theology or the Psalms for the comfort or one of the Gospels. But what we have right here is absolutely Amazing. Life-changing. Radical. I mean, you get Martin Luther, right? Martin Luther says, I want to be betrothed to this book of the Bible. He wrote like this 600-page commentary on it, one of his most longest, amazing commentaries. You have one pastor I was listening to said, oh, I'm looking at Galatians. It's like holding a hot coal in your bare hands. And when's the last time you ever thought that about a Bible book? No, Dax, I kind of make it through the service, but it's not that. No, this is that amazing. So how I see it, and, and, and you should hear this, maybe you don't know. Galatians is most likely the first written book of the New Testament. Think about that. It's not the events, right? It's when it was written. It was written the closest to the cross, probably less than 20 years after Jesus died on the cross. He's writing this letter, Paul is, before the Gospels are written. Before some of the other letters are written. Now you can argue about James. Yeah, that's possible that that was written real early too, or First Thessalonians. But this is one of the very first letters ever written talking about Jesus and who he is and what's going on. So see, you had Paul, right? Paul who literally had his eyes blinded and then opened by Jesus himself. And then he gets sent out, and he goes on this missionary journey to tell people about Jesus. People who are Gentiles, like you and me, we don't have any idea about Jewish customs or law. No, no, he goes, and so he goes to these churches on his first journey in modern-day Turkey, and he planted these four churches in southern Galatia. You might have heard of Antioch, that's one of them, but then you got Iconium and Lystra and Derby, and, and then he came back. But right away he heard, oh no, 
I gave them this amazing message about Jesus, and they're getting sucked away. They're struggling. And so he wrote this letter. Think about AD 48, 49, because I'm an early date guy, because he wrote, I think, to those group of churches. The key issue, and it's not how you're saved. They're a church. They heard the message. Everybody's heard. In fact, if you're in the room today and you don't know that Jesus Christ is your salvation and believing in him is how you go to heaven, that, that, that is the truth. But the question is, how then shall we live? What does it mean to maintain a good relationship with this amazing God? I'm fearing and obey. I know I need to fear and obey this creator God. And now I heard that Jesus has come. So what does it mean now to be in this life with God? That's so critical for you. Because you're all alive still. <laughs> How then shall we live? That's what I'm hoping this book, as we think through it, helps us with the, the absolute critical issues of our Christian life. So the, the, the first piece we've got to establish, and we're establishing it today, and I don't mean to, to, to make it... I'd love to just stay here all day and go through all of Galatians. Instead, we break it up into these little pieces. But today, you've got to be rock solid with me on who you're listening to. That's why I'm calling this listen as we start in. The, the, what are their sources, their influences, their assumptions? Who are they? It's critical to me. You listen to God, right? We want to hear from God. And God has chosen to speak through this person, Paul. Directly through his mouth to you. And not me. I mean, I'm presenting and proclaiming. But what I'm proclaiming, I'm trying to proclaim from here. And that becomes really important. And, and Actual messages from Paul because he had the first, clearest, intentionally focused message directly from God. That, that means something really important and important in our day, right? Because right away there were other messages coming in to pull away. Just like today. To twist and turn and move and claim authority over here and over there and to get in and it gets changed. And so we come today before even understanding exactly what the message is. We'll hit it. Consider the messenger. What it means that he's the sent one. Why it's okay that we get so exclusive on this message. That's a big thing today. It's like, aren't there many ways? Or, oh, you're so exclusive. Why are you saying that's not right? And can't we just all agree? No, there's a specific message. And this is why, by the way, this is why we as a church, we take a whole book at a time. It's really important, and you've got to understand why we do what we do. It's okay. A lot of churches, they take sort of topical messages, and they say, well, I'm going to take this important message from the Bible, and it's from the Bible. Take this message from here and this message from there. But the difficulty is you don't hear the messenger. He's got an actual message. And it shouldn't be flavored all the time by, oh, well, I think this is important, so we're going to take this piece today. And then next week, this is important, we're going to take this piece. No, what you need to hear from is the message from God through Paul. This word. It's an entire letter. And if God chose it, I don't know why he did. It seems like, and Lord, don't hit me with the thunderbolt. I mean, doesn't it seem like there are better ways? He could have made a video. He chose not to. He used a book. He used words on a page. And it preserves it. And the neat way that it preserves it is that these are the words that Paul wrote 2,000 years ago. 
So it's directly from him and it's bypassing all 2,000 years of how everybody has done stuff. And then it goes directly to you. And we're influenced by how people have taken it through the years. We, we don't ignore tradition, but I'll tell you what, the word of God that gets to come directly to you today is from the guy who heard it directly from Jesus. That's awesome. That's important. Okay, so just real simple today, who to listen to and why. That's what we're doing as we look at this start of this incredible book. So first is the who. Lots of voices, lots of listening. Who are we listening to? So here we go, chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Okay, stop, this is just the first verse. Paul, an apostle, right? He, you say, well, apostle. We got funny ideas sometimes of what an apostle is. It means sent one, right? Messenger. Like it's used when Paul talks about, well, I'm sending Epaphroditus to you as a messenger from me. So you can use it that way. Like Paul saying, hey, I send somebody to go help with the collection that you're making for the saints in Macedonia, he says in Philippians. But Paul means more than that. Right? He, he's saying, I, I wasn't sent by a church. I wasn't sent by a council. I'm not making reference to my seminary education. I was sent directly by God. That, that's his thing, right? Not, not from men. Not through man. He has a direct connection, a direct sending from Christ himself. That's his story. We're going to hear more of it in a bit as we get later in the chapter. Not today, but, but I'll tell you what. That's a huge claim that's really important to you and me, that he heard directly from Jesus. And Jesus sent him to speak to the Gentile, to us. So contrast is, right, from any man, through, through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. He, he's saying, right, he's saying, the contrast is from any man as opposed to Jesus Christ. He, he's directly from Jesus. By the way, making sure you know, after he got raised. Like God the Father raised him from the dead. And then what did Jesus do? Jesus went and got Paul. Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? He sat on the road to Damascus. That's Jesus talking. And Jesus interacted with Paul. And Jesus sent him. So, so, okay, my understanding of how God wants to work is that he revealed himself in Christ. And how he did it is through Paul coming and saying, I met with Jesus. Lots of people come and say, I met with Jesus. Lots of people say, I've got a word from God for you. Lots of people say, I have a special insight from the Holy Spirit about you. That's not this. All those things might be true, I don't know. But I know this is true, that God gave Paul a particular message, and we've got to know what it is. Specific claim, it's deeper than I have wisdom, it's deeper than I'm a preacher. And what it means is that when you hear Galatians, when you read Paul, you're hearing from the risen Christ, is what he's saying. This is the one who saved me. This is the one that's so important. I can't... I can't like we, we gloss over these things as Christians. We think, oh yeah, yeah, keep, keep, get, go to the next point, Dad. No, wait a minute. You're hearing from Jesus. 
Scripture's not just a blur of hazy notions. It's not learned wisdom. It's not a soup by which pastors pull sort of pithy statements to help you through life on Sundays. It, it, you might think that, you know, like there's a thought here and a thought there, but what you want to hear is the message from the messenger. Oh. Right, that's the um, whole basis for the church. That's why we gather. It says, this is what Paul says in Ephesians, we, we read it, that we're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone. And if, if, if you're a student of the Bible, you know that's kind of a funny phrase there, Dax, because why didn't he put the prophets first? Well, because it's about the sent ones, the apostles. They actually knew Jesus and met with Jesus. And Paul was the last, and he says the least, because he's like out of time, right? Because you've got Peter and John and all the people who were on Jesus' earthly when he was on earth, before he was crucified. But they have direct information from Jesus, my Savior. And the prophets, you know the prophets he's referring to, I believe the Old Testament prophets, even though it's their second, like you would put it normally, chronologically, because, because if you read the Old Testament prophets, we've been going through this on Tuesday nights, you cannot escape Isaiah proclaiming the suffering servant. Do you know who's coming? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. He's coming, I'm telling you, says Isaiah. Over and over there's a Savior coming. Jeremiah, oh, the new covenant and what's coming, but it's through the line of David. I know who's from the line of David. His name's Jesus. And you see the prophet, what are they testifying? Jesus Christ himself, the cornerstone. There's something super amazing and special that we proclaim, and it is about Jesus Christ. Jesus Messiah, that's what Christ means, right? Okay. There's got to be a connection between following Jesus, knowing Jesus, and knowing Scripture. And, and, and Paul, you know, he's speaking directly from Jesus to us. So my heart gets ready for this, like, oh, there's something really deep about what's happening here that I, I need to hear. The message. Not a little verse out of chapter 5, verse 2. Not, not like, oh, some theme that I'm going to pull out. No, I want to hear what the message is. This is not really encouraged in our lives or in our churches. People stand up, you know, and they say, Scripture is authoritative. It's the truth. But then they follow really what other people have told them. You know, Pastor X says this, and Pastor Y says that, and usually it's a celebrity pastor or some commentary that's quoting another commentary that's quoting another commentary. That, that's all good. Scholarship is good. There's, there's wisdom. But it all needs to be from the text because that's the message. Well, I don't like this text stuff, Dex. No, no, that's the only message we have is that God met with Paul. Paul spoke it out and got written down, and then we're looking at the words of Paul who met with Jesus. Not person number 55,000 who load runner 54,000 who read 54, who, who have this derivative thing. That's the beauty of the Bible. It goes directly to you. You hear from Paul. So we say, listen, I mean, listen, that's who you're listening to. We get confused about this, you know. People twist things around. Live your best life now. God wants you to be brave. Okay, where are you getting that from exactly? Why is that the message? How does that work in compared to what God has actually made sure that you hear exactly through the message of the Bible?
That's what we stand on. So the way through these things that sort of come at you and these ideas that are pithy, but are they really biblical and are they grounded in the message is to actually get the message. (laughs) So Paul, direct, sent from Jesus. He's the authority. We'll submit to his word. It's direct from Jesus. We'll try to understand him. And that is the direct line in. But he's not standing there alone. He says, all of the brothers who are with me, I'm not alone, he says. It's the same message all the apostles gathered together. Not like, listen to me, you know, I'm alone. No, he's coming from God. His view is shared by others. All the brothers with him are people who knew the truth. We want to be standing with them. Paul's no lone ranger. The truth draws people to it. That's who we're listening to. And he says to the churches of Galatia, super important context as we start, We won't come back and keep talking about this. So the context is there's, if I go to read a letter, I got to know who it's to. That's one of the things like Paul, he writes a letter to Timothy. He's writing a letter to one person. He wants that person to understand all of Timothy's background and context and, and relationship is bound up in that letter. But when Paul writes a letter to the Galatians, he's not writing it to a church. What? He's writing it to the church universal there in that region. That's actually really cool. Because, you know, and if you think of the church, it's like, hey, make sure you talk to Phoebe and tell her this and make sure that, that Chloe does this and make sure that Jim and George and whatever, he say hi to these. No, he doesn't do any of that because this is to the church universal. It's the church universal. We get pulled in more quickly because it's to all the churches in this region. Because as soon as he's gone through and he leaves, oh, it starts to come in is something that's bad for all of them. That's actually really good. Makes it more applicable to you and me. It's not a personal problem. It's not specific to one church. They're all getting hit with this widespread problem. So Paul, who founded these churches on his first missionary journey, and he's, he's not leaning on that. He could, right? He could be saying, hey, I'm your dad. I founded you. Listen to me. Instead, he steps back and says, I was sent directly by Jesus. So, who are we listening to? The sent one. His first letter, he was sent by Jesus Christ directly. There's a foundation. We skip all the histories of men's tradition, and we hear directly by proclamation how God communicates through this apostle, this sent one. And like, if there's going to be some time to really say, I want to listen, this is it. It's not somebody observing the world and saying, let me tell you wisdom from what I've discovered over my 50 years of living, like someone in the seat of Solomon would say from Ecclesiastes. This is God appearing and speaking to Paul and him going to speak to you and me. I want to hear it. So that's who to listen to. Now I want to talk for just a second on why. Why why do I think that this series and what we're going to look at is something you want to hear? Here it goes. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, this is like throwaway for most of us. If you ever read a letter, Paul does this a lot. It's the standard Hebrew greeting is peace. The standard Greek greeting is grace. So he sticks them together. It's grace and peace. And, and there you go. He's just saying, hi. No, 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 wait. Wait. <laughs> this is to you from God. 
Right? He's not, grace to you and peace to you from me as I write to you. No, he's not saying that. He's saying grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, that's a big deal. Like, like grace is most of the Pauline epistles, grace to you, right? And, and then comes the letter. But you know they always start with grace to you and they end with grace with you because what Paul is doing is saying, I'm giving you favor, Here's the message of favor from God. And you take that with you. Oh. Unmerited, great news. Take it with you. This is what's going to be said. Grace to you from God, from the Savior who is Lord. And then the words themselves, right? The message of Paul. It brings grace to you and peace from God. Peace. We read about that earlier. Peace. Say, well, people look for peace. No, no, peace is a right relationship. Have you ever had, I used to like go into my grandma's house and she would just give me a hug and sit with me and we'd laugh. Peace. It wasn't like, well, how you doing there? Why aren't you doing a little bit better? How come you haven't lost the weight yet, Dax? How come you haven't done, those are all these things I start to take in that aren't peace. And it says, no, there's, there's, if you've tasted it, you know, this right relationship that you get to have, you get tastes of it in, in this. He's saying, peace to you from God and Jesus. Interesting that he says that, actually, because he's just said, Father's one who raised Jesus, and then from, it's not just Jesus, is it? The Lord, Jesus, Messiah. Because the ground of our peace, it's going to be why we need to listen. We start to forget it right away. That the, the relationship I have with God is entirely based on what Jesus Christ has done. The Lord of heaven who came down and became a man. And then he died on the cross for me. And he's the Savior. And says, he's telling you, peace. And say, well, I don't feel it. It's a good thing it's not based on your feeling. It's a good thing it's the declaration of truth to you. What do you mean? Well, this, right? He gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of God and Father to whom be the glory forever. Look what he's done. You don't know why to listen? Because it's going to be about the most incredible thing you can know, but you've got to get it into your heart. You need to receive it. You receive it passively. There's nothing you're doing. You're hearing this proclamation of Paul. What is he saying? Look what Jesus has done for you, grace and peace. This is the gospel. He gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. According to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, got it. Let's go. No, no, you don't. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, there's three, three reasons to listen buried in here. I, w- I want you to see them. Here they are. The, the first is the grace and peace. Right? Because of grace and peace. That comes from Jesus. So you say, okay, Paul's saying that Jesus has done this grace and peace for you, and it's yours. And, and so you're sitting here today and you say, I don't really feel like I have unmerited favor from God. That's grace. Say, I don't really feel like I have peace with God. I, I sin all the time. I have people pulling on me. I've got life that's so busy. I've got all these things. I just I feel like I need some principles or something so that I actually feel the peace. Well, no, no, no. First you've got to know you have it. That's listening to Paul. You have grace. You have peace. It looks like what you have right now. I have it by trust. I receive it because it's declared. 
I know it's true because the authorities told me. So if I'm listening to the apostle and he's saying that I have it, then do I have it? Yeah. It's going to be, how do I live out of it? Maybe, but not going to be, how do I get it? That's the first reason to listen. Do you really think you have it already? The, the, the second one is, is how God gave it to us, right? By the way, peace. Uh, just let me put that for a second. Let me, if you look at the next, this is from Ephesians we read earlier. He came and preached peace to those who are far off and peace to those who... This is really important to the message of Christianity that you have peace. I don't mean the cessation of hostilities like a foreign war, like, oh, we've got to talk about the war in Ukraine. No. no. I'm talking about your relationship with God how that extends into your relationship with other people. And now it's not based even for a second, not even a heartbeat, on how you've been acting. Because a ton of the time, I act like a slug. You ask worse. I look and you go, man, I wish you acted nicer. I wish you were a nicer person. I, I wish you were kinder and gentler. I wish you had all these things that you did better. And, and then God comes along and says, I declare peace to you. And it's peace on what Jesus Christ has done. And he's, it says he came and preached peace. You're far off, peace you're near. It wasn't the peace of, hey, if you'll, if you'll act like me, then there'll be peace. No, it was Jesus Christ has smashed the wall. He's taken all the rules by which you were judged and he took them away. He made you one. How did he make us one? By what he did. Oh, it's fabulous. It's a God who comes to you having done it all and telling you. And most of us say, I don't want that. I want to make peace. I want to be me and mine. But the message that Paul comes and says, it's not, it's all Jesus. So listen, he's going he's gonna to explore that as we go on. So, so the, the second piece, and he just talked about it because he clearly states this amazing critical truth. And you think, yeah, I need this for salvation, right? Jesus gave himself for our sins. And all the evil that I've done, all the evil that I'll do, and, and my thinking of how I'm going to overcome it myself has already been handled. I'll tell you what, people don't believe this. I would almost guarantee that you don't actually trust this, that every sin you'll ever do has been forgiven. That you are totally pure and clean in Christ. And so is your spouse. So is your kid. So is your dad. Trusting Jesus, of course. Like, no. Like, I think what it's about is that what I need to do is, is yeah, sure, I, I accepted Jesus and he cleansed me, but then now, one year in, two years in, 12 years in, 16 years in, I'm better. I'm cleaner in my behavior because of that. In fact, the goal of getting me saved was so I would stop doing that stuff. And Paul just comes out flat and says, no, the, the actor, the one who makes you pure, the, the activity, the gospel, the proclamation, is Jesus Christ was a sin offering once and for all. It's done. The only way you're pure, and you're pure right now by promise, is that Jesus Christ has covered you. Whoa! I need to listen to that. 
This is a central truth that changes your identity forever. The gospel, the great and glorious good news, the announcement that Jesus Christ has done it. The Lord Jesus, Messiah, he died and was risen, has risen from the dead. It's going to be key because of what it means. Again, I really am not talking to you like, like, oh, because you don't believe this. No, you don't believe it today. You believed it when you got saved. Even kind of, yeah, you may kind of believe it in a sense now. I know, it's a struggle always. We need the gospel pushed at us over and over because we stop, we, we move from this. Why? Because these messages are pulling at us all the time. And Paul's going to identify some of them for us. How do you stay in relationship with God? And for most of it, it's, it's not. The answer's not. I don't have to. Jesus Christ done it for me. That's my trust. For most of us, the answer is by my devotions and my prayer and my service and all the fruit that I'm doing in my life. That's what keeps me with God. By my law keeping, by my, in their day, by my circumcision, by my belonging to the covenant community, by all the things. We're going to look at all that, but I'm telling you, this is up front. It shatters the ideas of what we actually are living under. Because, and this is why we need to listen, because he's actually proclaiming the real gospel. It's not just that, that Christ has paid for your sin. It's that, do you see it? He, that forgiveness of sin is, is what delivers us from the present evil age. Well, wait, Paul... Wait, the deliverance from sin means that I deliver myself from the present evil age. No. No, no. His sacrifice for you delivers you from the present evil age of people who are meritoriously trying to do it themselves. This is why it's a different message. Oh, the age is evil, but the answer to it is deliverance by Jesus, and he has. And Paul's message is Jesus Christ, you made pure and clean, and amazing by him. So, so listen, because you're prone to leave the message, and it's intensely about right now for you and me. It's, it's not just a you-focused, by the way. It's, it's not just, okay, this is great. It's also, do you see, that this is God's glory. Oh, here all the time. You know what? I live for myself, but now I live for God's glory. Okay, then you're living this way. Right? This is God's glory. He says, this deliverance is God's plan. And it's not your keeping of the Old Testament law. It's not your circumcision. The plan of Christ, him coming to earth. And Paul tells us his truth is according to this will of our God and Father. So, so even if you've been studying the Torah all your life, it's not studying the Torah. It's Jesus and who the Torah points to. Paul knows this in spades. You guys do realize, right? If you take the apostles... All the apostles but Paul. And, and you kind of list them out and you look at them and say, oh, look at all these apostles. Jesus took fishermen and people didn't know anything and had them write the Bible. Like, like, like it'd be like the garbage guy. Sorry, garbage guy, if you're here today. Suddenly writing some huge treatise on theology saying, oh yeah, well, I just wrote the Bible. It's like, what? That's not Paul. Paul's actually seminarian. Paul like, has spent his life studying the Old Testament. He spent his life like learning because he had rabbinical training. He was the guy. He was, he was persecuting Christians he was because, because he, was, he was a good Jew. He doesn't appeal to that. 
he knows what the glory of God is. He says, no, it, I have become convinced that the glory of God is the deliverance of Christ. He saves losers and the least and the lost. So Paul points out to his glory forever and ever. None of what he's going to passionately point to in Galatians, your freedom in Christ through his finished work on the cross, is anything but glorifying to God because it's God's plan. His plan is Christ is his glory forever, which is grace, what we're listening to, right? That grace and peace has come from Jesus. That the gospel is the forgiveness of sin and deliverance from this evil age by Jesus for you. And that the glory is, is in the gospel, not in your efforts. Okay, so this is, this is our introduction to Galatians. And it's about who to listen to and why. And this is the deal. Paul, the apostle, gets in your face. And he says, listen to me. I mean, that's, you can't read this initial paragraph any other way. He doesn't say, oh, let me list out my... He just punches out with the strongest statement he can get. I'm an apostle, not by anything man has done, but by God himself. Listen to me. It is about what Jesus Christ does for you. You passively receive it. He joins you to himself. He has done it. And you say, well, that's great, Bex. But so what? Then why do I need this whole letter? Well, everything about your life Everything about your life, hear this, even if you've been sleeping all the way through, everything about your life is about how you're going to live out of the good news. What God has actually done in Jesus. Not what you've done, what he's done. And so people who come in and say, yes, but, and that was going on. Yes, 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 Jesus. They weren't saying, oh, no, no, not Jesus. That's not right. Don't believe in Jesus. No, they're saying, yes, Jesus, but. Boy, I can't even say that about spitting. But, and it's a huge but, because it sneaks in and it pulls and it starts to say, yeah, 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 Jesus, but. We'll give you Jesus. But you better do this. That's where he's going. Because the gospel is that Jesus forgives you and delivers you, even if you don't see it. I know it's, it's by faith, not by sight, that we walk. It's a proclamation. It's received in trust. But if it's true, it changes how you think of yourself. It changes how you, how you live. It's not you must change. It's just life is different. i got different glasses on. Like when you discover your parents adore you so much you can't even understand it. Like when you taste for a second one-way love that's not dependent on you at all. I want that. You're saying, well, well, well I'm supposed to avoid Christian books. No, no, no. You just got to realize where they're coming from. There's nothing wrong with someone giving you three tips to improve your marriage. So that's, and by the way, it's take your spouse out on a date and listen to Especially if it's a woman, listen to your wife. Always say, yes, you're right, dear. A bit more cuddle time would help. I mean, there are good things to do. That's joking. You shouldn't always do that. But that's not the gospel, right? There's this huge possibility for error, especially in the Christian living area, because what sneaks in over and over is a movement away from the reality of what Jesus Christ has done for you. Full stop. 
And that's what Paul is here. He's not going to be like, oh, I've got a couple tips to make sure that you stay in the gospel. He's going to scream. In fact, can I show you just the next verse in chapter 6? Verse 6, it's not that, it's it's this. I'm astonished. Like normally what Paul does, we're not going any further. We're done. This is the preview for next. Normally Paul like, "Let, let me pray for you. Let me appreciate you. Let me tell you a few good things you're doing. He doesn't do that. He just starts screaming. Like, I'm astonished you're so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. That's, uh, I, I don't know that I said it like Paul would, but I'll tell you what, he's not quiet. He's ticked. He's concerned. Because these are concerning things. The most important thing you can ever have is Jesus Christ and him for me. And my trust is that he has done it all. He has declared it is finished. He died on the cross and his blood covers me. And I am pure and clean in Christ and I have a new identity and I am who I am. And I need other people to tell me because I forget. But when people come along and say, yeah, all good, Dax, but Paul's going to have some suggestions on what to do to those people. It's not nice and I can't say it in church. But that's so important. It is the problem throughout time and all existence. The proclamation goes out and then people change it. We will dive into that next week. But our journey starts right here. To whom are you listening? Not man, but directly from this sent one. And he says it is all about what Jesus has done for you. It's not about your sin. Forgiven. It's not about your behavior. Delivered. It's about the announcement. This is God's glory. Godliness for you. Say, what do you mean godliness for me? I'm going to try and be godly. No. No, actually you aren't. Great is the mystery of godliness. We'll end with this. Great indeed we confess from 1 Timothy 3.16. Indeed, the mystery of godliness. Here it is. He was manifested in the flesh. He was vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels. He was proclaimed among the nations, including to you today. He was believed on into the world. He was taken up in glory. Who is our godliness? You can name him. It's Jesus Christ. It's not me. It's my Savior for me forever. He's for you. He's for you. I want to find every single person and get in your face and say, you know what? It's all about Jesus for you. It's all about Jesus for you. It's all about Jesus for you. He's for you. Would you rejoice with me? He's done it. It's finished. You're clean. You're pure. You've got it all in Jesus. That's it. So, well, there's nothing I got to do. No, you'll do plenty. But that's not the focus ever. The amazing wonder is he is yours. <laughs> oh, maybe better. You are his, regardless of sin. And this is fabulous news. And this is what we get to explore and how it's going to play out in our lives in Galatians. We'll start next week. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the beginning of this amazing text. Oh, Jesus, we do not deserve what you've done for us. We can't even understand it. We know the depth and breadth and height of your love. I know the Bible says so. Lord, may it come alive a little bit in our hearts. What you've done, who you are for us, how you love us. Lord, that that might soften these hearts of stone. We might get hearts of flesh. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit might be at work in this book as we proclaim it as we go through it, as we hear it, as we live it. Lord, that we might be secure that our identity is in you. You have us. You won't let us go. Thank you so much for all you've done for us, Lord. We 
bow our hearts today before you. In the precious name of Jesus, amen.